Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Unscholar Health Podcast. With me today is Kevin Waldbilling. He is a registered psychotherapist with the CRPO and a career coaching specialist in private practice since 2012. Kevin brings a passion for helping individuals and organizations create ideal and meaningful roadmaps designed to enhance self-awareness through research and thoughtful decision-making. Kevin has worked as a part-time professor with Sheridan College has been a counselor and clinician at the University of Toronto and continues to develop, study, and network with many progressive leaders as part of his own learning plan. Kevin presents workshops and learning experiences, both virtually and in person, to a variety of audiences related to enhanced self-care, motivation, and performance, improving team dynamics, and managing conflicts. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Stefan, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. So I think today you're going to help discuss for us and our audience um, lifestyle choices and how that may impact mental mental health. Yeah, yeah. I thought that would be sort of um, a timely topic. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that we can do or at least consider doing um, in our daily lives that can really have an impact on our mental health. And, and, and I say timely because... I think there's things that we really should consider during um, this whole pandemic phase. Um, I, I, and, and a lot of the stories that, I, that I'll tell you about, I relate to my own clinical practice. Um, what my clients tell me, I learn a lot from my clients. And uh, I know in a lot of cases that, uh, you know, people are really challenged these days. I think that's best when we have clinicians come on and uh... You, you phrased it as well, and I hear it from time to time, like we learn a lot from our, our clients and or mm -hmm. our patients. So mm -hmm. do you, you find self-growth in your own practice an evident thing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, you know I'm, I'm thinking about a few people that I talked to this week, actually, who bring up topics, you know, that are, that are real interesting. And um, it, the field of psychotherapy that I work in is fairly, is fairly broad. Um, some of these topics uh, haven't we haven't given a lot of consideration to. So it sort of keeps you it sort of keeps you current and keeps you researching as well and and doing that that professional development, which I think is a big part of it as well. Hmm. Uh, I want to ask you a question before we begin. Sure. And it's just for our audience before we go into the topic, how would you define psychotherapy? I think psychotherapy, um, I, I think in a nutshell, what, what psychotherapy does is essentially it's talk therapy. And whether we are experiencing things in our lives um, that, that have happened to us, whether it's you know difficulties we're having with our relationships or it may be something like grief, grief and loss or, or trauma, or maybe I'm experiencing some kind of mood disorder. I need to be able to understand that and have a framework um, to that understanding. And I think psychotherapy, what it does is it makes a connection um, between uh, the thoughts that we have, the emotions that we have, and what we do, the, the actions that we take. And maybe that's maybe that's an area that we're gonna focus on today is maybe there's some, some things that we can do with our lifestyle in terms of our actions that that really could have a profound impact on uh on our mental health we know for example stefan that um 
one in five Canadians are going to be impacted by either their mental health or a substance abuse problem um, at any given time. So when you look at the entire population, that's a heck of a lot of people. And unfortunately, um, many of those people don't get help or don't get their issues addressed. Psychotherapy, I think, could help with that. Thinking back on, because we, we've had the pleasure of speaking beforehand, it kind of sounds like psychotherapy really does help kind of unveil the roadmap as to why and how something may be occurring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think for, for some people, um, it's validating. Um, a lot of a lot of the things I think that that come out when you talk to a client, they they might have known before, or they feel there's there's part of the story that they've um, that they've internalized. I think what 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 the therapist does, or at least a good therapist, they try to bring that story out. So they will problem solve together. They will work together. They'll they'll get the they'll get the client thinking about okay, what's what possibilities are there? What's it going to look like down the road? And again, whether it's problem solving or whether it's, you know, through through reading or whether it's some other way to process the way that they're feeling, um, the therapist works works hand in hand with uh, with the client in order to do that. That sounds great for me. I like it a lot. Yeah. So I think uh, let's uh, let's dig into what you wanted to share with us today. Sure, sure. Um, so what I want to talk about today is, you know, these lifestyle choices that really do impact our mental health. The first one I want to mention is um, is really about social connections. And I guess I guess it's not necessarily what we might define as a social connection these days. Just good old-fashioned, especially face-to-face interactions. Um, there's a time and a place for texts and emails and you know Zoom calls and all those those kind of things. But I'm talking about um, um, good conversations with people uh, that are close to us, or maybe that have uh, that aren't close to us now. Making that effort to to connect with people. You know, there was a Harvard study that was done almost 80 years ago um, that indicated that and it's a it's a longitudinal study still ongoing um that said that embracing community helps us live longer helps us be happier um we know that these close relationships more than anything else more than money or fame are are what keeps people happy throughout their lives um we also know that those social connections good social connections can help us with things like delaying mental or physical decline and they're better predictors of a long and happy life um uh, regardless of, of social class or or iq or even genetics so good social interaction is one of the main thing that's going to help us over the long term if i may add to that kevin just because before having you on i wanted to do a little research myself Okay. And um, there was a very interesting study I just finished reading. Uh, They did it particularly to students and postgraduates, actually, in both Germany and China. So I don't know if you're aware of this study or not. But essentially, they wanted to, they they categorized the groups into those who kind of exemplified or showed a better state of mental wellness and mental health. 
And what they could see commonly between both sets of groups in Germany and China were those that were, I believe, they were a little more conscious of maintaining a lower body mass index. So they were a little more careful with their health. They were mm -hmm. non-smokers. Interestingly enough, they were non-vegetarians. That was a clear indication for some reason. <laughs> uh, so I guess they like their animal fats. Yeah. But more importantly, was um, the level of social activities they had in a week. And so they did another cross study. And when they verified the other habits, so the non-vegetarian diet, the non-smoking, the physical and mental activities they took, such as walking and reading, it all seemed to stem from the fact that they had a good social group. Yeah. They yeah. then followed the study across many other countries and it seemed to be conclusive again to right. what you're stating here, just the fact of having a good social, I'm taking it as a good social gathering or a good social aspect to your, to your week. Yeah, what I start thinking about too is, is um, you know, the ways, the ways that our, our cities are developed now you know, even if it's more, even if it's more high density, there's, there's, um, you know, if you live in the bigger city, there, there may be, there may be an opportunity there for more, just more social interaction. Uh, people that live in the burbs, it's difficult. It's difficult to go anywhere without driving. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's, I think there's some thought around, can we design towns and cities so that we do improve that social interaction, which not only has um, a big impact on 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 people when they're you know raising their families, maybe younger younger folks. But certainly, there's a problem with isolation and loneliness with older folks, who also seem to have a, a greater number of um, health concerns when they when they age. Of course, mm. I can actually agree with that completely with my own practice. Mm -hmm. uh, for those who follow the podcast, I'm a manual therapist, but. Uh, with a sp specific group in geriatrics, the, those who seem to do better coming in are those who are a little more socially active. They have a walking group they attend, they have certain outings with a group or friends they collect with, or even just visiting me in clinic, that's their social gathering. The other ones, a commonality, even though benchmarkers and health are the same, they just seem to be a little more enclosed and usually within suburb suburban areas, as you stated. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. guess, I guess the ability to travel does come into play as well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe what I'll do is I'll skip or I'll, I'll jump to the next thing because I, I think some of the things that we're talking about is going to have, we're going to have a little bit of overlap anyways. And one of the things that, that we have already touched on today is that importance of routine. And, um, I think, I think you would agree that, that people that are active, that, that exercise, um, if, if, I mean, if you could bottle this, uh, you'd be a millionaire overnight, obviously. Um, the benefits of exercise are um, well-documented. People who exercise, they, uh, they have an enormous sense of well-being. They have more energy during the day. They sleep better at night. They have sharper memories. Um, they, they might be more relaxed, more positive about themselves. It's it's powerful medicine is what it is is what it is and I think part of the part of the challenge during uh, during the pandemic is to connect socially and also exercise regularly. You see the growth of home gyms and pelotons and you know people are just dying to do things. When golf courses, for example, opened up, 
they were packed. You know, people are just dying to be to be active. And we know there's a real connection there between um, just exercise and, and and mental well-being as well. Do you think it's the physical <laughs> act of exercise or just maybe an opportunity to socialize through the activity? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a connection there. I think it's a, I think they complement each other. You know, you're going to you're going to get the social uh, but but physiologically there's there's things that are going on while we exercise. Interesting with mental health um, some studies have pointed to, you know, some some of the clients for example that I've uh, interacted with um, they're not interested in being on medication uh, for a mood disorder for example. Um, but they would be more interested in engaging in some kind of moderate to, to vigorous exercise. And we know that, uh, for example, that regular exercise can profoundly impact things like depression, anxiety, uh, and ADHD. So uh, that's one of the things that we really have to consider is, um, especially if we're not going to be on medication, I think most physicians would say, you know, the gold standard that we have is, is some level of medication for a mood disorder is going to be some, some type of medication, you know, plus um, some, some form of counseling like, like cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. Um, but for others, it has to be a lifestyle. So I think exercise is going to be a big part of that lifestyle. Well, I'm always in support of more movement for anyone. So yeah. if, if it's to help with mental health as well, I, I give it all thumbs up. Fantastic. Um, the third one that I would sort of point to is talk to someone. You know, talk to someone, not just during um, the pandemic, but just generally open up those conversations. Talk to somebody that you trust. If if you've if you've got a friend group that's fallen off uh, the table, um, try to reconnect with them. Talk to people that you trust. We know that that's healthy for us. Um, when somebody is going through a mental health concern, um, one of the things that they tend to do, and we mentioned this earlier, is you know I don't like the feeling of of what this is you know giving me this. Um, this concern that I have. So I try to mask it over. How am I going to mask it over? Well, I might drink more alcohol. I might uh, smoke more cannabis. Um, I might distract myself more. You know, I might, I might, you know, play video games more or work more, um, you know, as, as ways to cope. But one of the things that's probably most common with folks is when they are feeling the pinch of something, is that they avoid they don't open up to other people and that avoidance could be really strong so that encouragement from somebody that they they could connect with and somebody that they trust open up that conversation i think is really important so we really have to watch out for that um we really have to watch out for avoidance and so your your piece of advice there for for those who might be connecting uh, even to some of the habits you just listed it's to to find someone, maybe even someone they've lost touch with over recent uh, recent time period. Find that person you trust and just open up to them. Yeah, just opening up to them. So what we're trying what we're trying to do, Stefan, is we're always trying to find um, 
an improved level of positive affect, mm. right? We want to feel good. We want to do those. It sounds simple. We want to do those things that make us feel good. And do we spend too much time on those things that we don't derive a lot of either interest or pleasure in, right? Are we looking for positive affect? Um, for someone who is struggling with uh, depression, we really want them to connect. We want them to be aware of avoidance and what that what that does, not only with some negative core belief that they might have, but we really want to be careful with um, with them avoiding things that they may have been participating uh, in in the past. Um, you know, does listening to does listening to music, for example, make you feel calm or or provide you with that with that nice positive affect? You know, what about taking a walk in nature? You know, what is it that gives me joy? Is it talking to a friend? Is it is it is it reading? Is it you know we just talked about exercising? Is it going to the to the gym? Is it is it working with your hands, doing something that you that you enjoy? Um, you know what what again has fallen off the table? Maybe maybe things that you did um, in your previous life that for whatever reason you avoid now. Hmm. One of the next things I think that's that's important to consider as well is. Um, with with this, I think really enhanced negative um, um, piling on of stress that's happened during the pandemic, is that we really have to think about um, our own relaxation and our own, um, I guess, our relaxation practice. Now, it might not be, you know, diving into. Um, um, uh, mindfulness meditation or or yoga, but just doing simple things, um, you know, like stretching or or deep breathing. A lot of a lot of my clients will say that they're they're sitting for long periods throughout the day, and you know maybe taking five or ten minutes just to go for a quick walk outside to do some stretching or do some breathing. Um, and, and mindfulness, just being mindful of, of kind of where you're at is, is a practice of purposely focusing your attention on, uh, on the present moment, not thinking about things that have happened in the past and those regrets and those memories, or, or not necessarily thinking about the huge list of things that you have to do in the future, but, but where you are right now and what, what your body is saying to you. Um, mindfulness is being examined or has been examined scientifically and has been found to be a real, um, I guess, important piece in stress reduction and overall happiness. And it seems like uh, more schools or people with chronic pain, uh, cancer patients, um, uh, people that are experiencing depression, substance abuse, eating disorders, uh, even couples conflicts or anxiety disorders are looking to mindfulness as um, a, sort of a mainstream uh, modality that, that they can work with. I'm not sure if you find that, Stefan, in your own practice or not, uh, when you talk to people, especially with those, uh, with those ones with chronic pain, if they've looked to mindfulness as a way to 
uh, to help with that. Actually, I've begun to, and I've been taking a course on it as well, um, because we're noticing, particularly with patients, uh, I'll mention a condition called fibromyalgia, where they're just, mm -hmm. I'm going to use the phrase that they have a lot of flare-ups and inflammation, or at least a sensation of it. We're, we're noting that some, a lot of them do mindfulness meditations, but I know myself, I need to for my own chronic pain concerns. I, I kind of need to just take a walk and not just the physical activity of walking to help my muscles and nerve stimulate a response to help with the pain, but it seems to bring out a more positive output and overall health as well. So I, I try to advocate and that's why I gave you two thumbs up earlier. Because um, some people, even when they try, I, I think to feel, to attempt meditation or mindfulness, they might still lead to a negative place, but where I have a good understanding on kinesthetic movement, sometimes that physical activity paired with it, mm -hmm. it, it gives them something else to kind of deviate a negative thought from. That's not my area of expertise. I'm just there to say, go for a walk if you can, <laughs> take advantage yeah. of it. Yeah. But we're seeing, yeah. we're seeing a lot of positive results in the pain and injury clinic with small acts yeah, like that. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, um, a lot of um, mindfulness-based uh, stress reduction techniques, uh, those, are, those are really, I think, moving into the mainstream now, really important. Um, the next one I want to talk about, um, and, and another way that I think we can, we can look at our lifestyles as a way to impact our mental health, is just simply through play. And I think what, I think what adults do sometimes is they, they hear that word play, and they think sometimes that, okay, it's kind of frivolous, it's childlike. So, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna embrace it. Um, I read a book a few years ago and it was by a, it was by a psychiatrist by the name of uh, Dr. Stuart Brown. And, and Dr. Brown was talking about play and the importance of play. And he was saying how it, it sort of fills in the cracks of our life um, and, and how important it is um, this is a this is a doc who has interviewed over six thousand people. Uh, any, anybody from CEOs and scholars to um, sociopaths and and uh, incarcerated people, he found that he found that with a prison population, for example, that they have very limited play histories, which is which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Dr. Brown will say that uh, we thrive in our relationships with others. Um, our sense of self is greater. Uh, the work that we do is better as a result of play. And um, he, he's an advocate for doing that. So I guess the question that he leaves us with is um, have we left have we left that off the table again? Do we get to a certain age where we don't play anymore? You know, where we don't do those things that are just plain fun and challenges us to look at our lives when we were kids. What did we do? What kind of things did we do that were a lot of fun that we just don't that we just don't do anymore? So encouraging us to do those things, to play, to look for opportunities. Um, like that, I think are, are really important uh, as well. It's interesting that you bring that up just because uh, in studying of embryology, you, you learn how play is important after the pre and even early postnatal stages for a child, not just for physical development of anatomy, 
but to help create neural pathways. And so just taking it into kind of the physiology route. Yeah, I, I don't see why play and having fun should be forgotten when it comes to not just mental wellness, but just cognition, probably. Uh, I'm sure there are behavioral aspects one can really get a positive, uh, you know, gain from, mm -hmm. from just taking time in your day to have some fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get your feedback on the next tip that uh -oh. connects <laughs> uh -oh. uh, that connects um, lifestyle to uh, better mental health and and that connection is eating a healthier diet mm. and you know we know the research is going to support that and we know that certain foods um, are going to help us uh, so rather than eating crap we're going to focus on some food groups that that are are good and healthy for us. Um, I like um, I like a researcher by the name of Dr. Mike Evans, and and, and um, he does a number of, of of little lectures, sort of mini lectures, uh, and they're they're quite popular. And I was watching one on by Dr. Mike on uh, the best diet what he considers is the best diet. And there's, you know, there's so many uh, uh, folks out there uh, that are, you know, sort of, uh, you know, saying that this is the best diet. Dr. Mike would say the best diet is the one that you stick to. Absolutely. So in your experience, if I asked you that question, what is the best diet? What should I be doing? What should I be eating? That's, that's just gonna help my overall health. Yeah, I have a lot to say on that because, uh, yes, I, I think you're aware I used to be a nutritionist yeah. and so on and so forth. So I did a lot of diet coaching and, you know, I fell into the trap too of trying to push one type of diet to individuals. But that's when I was uh, in my early 20s. Then I matured a little bit. And uh, I think what I'm going to say parallels to what uh, this doctor, Dr. Mike Evans yeah, mentioned yeah. is... The best diet is the one that's sustainable to you. Mm -hmm. uh, in my postgraduate studies, we do have to study diet to a great detail. And we notice for most populations, regardless of where they are in the world, they have certain zones that carry a lot of longevity. And it comes down to genetics almost. If you just eat culturally what you always ate from an early age forward, they seem to do well. But I think us in North America, we have a surplus to so much information and so many types of foods that rather than focusing on low carb which a lot of people talk about rather than focusing on intermittent fasting or yo-yo diets you try one thing one day the next just pick the most sustainable to you and i think that will be the most effective so i would have to agree uh, with what you stated <laughs> uh, i'll share a personal note when i was early in my nutritional practice i had a very very difficult patient and she's happy to call herself difficult because, uh, you know, many diets were just not sustainable and uh, they were having a difficult time. They wanted to have their treats, we would call them. So I placed a wager on them. Okay, you can have any treat you want, but you have to make it yourself from scratch. Mm. They're probably the healthiest person I know now. Wow. They still enjoy their treats. They still have their apple pie and their ice cream but they've become quite the avid cook. And I think this is something you and I discussed once beforehand uh, when, when we, we first had a discussion on joining the podcast. 
mm-hmm. but for some people a sustainable diet also means returning back to the kitchen don't be scared of cooking sometimes it can be simpler than we make it out to be you don't have to make a gourmet meal but sometimes just returning back to the kitchen and being mindful of what you're eating through making it uh seems to help be a help support a sustainable diet as well yeah 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 great points for sure um the the next the next one i think there's a there's a real link between uh between our sleep and our mental health hmm. and i think um i think to a certain extent we're coming around on this a little bit but i think we used to wear that as a badge of honor that if i didn't get a certain amount of hours of sleep or i'm going to prove to to the world out there that i'm that i'm working so hard and i'm not sleeping that that was the way to go well we know that there's there's a number of different uh health consequences to not getting proper sleep i had the opportunity a few years back to see dr david posen um who's a uh, a local uh a local physician um in Oakville where I live and he was talking about he he showed a slide I think I think that was really impactful and he showed the the symptoms of sleeplessness which included uh increased irritability decrease in concentration um eating habits fell off the table um exercise was down and then and then on a split this the uh, the slide was split in two on the right hand side he had all the symptoms of depression and they oh. mirrored almost exactly what do you sleeplessness. know so if i don't sleep properly i can expect to have the symptoms of depression. depression yeah yeah they're very very closely linked that's a um, good selling point i would say <laughs> to get more sleep yeah. absolutely so we got to spend some time on our sleep and then we start talking about okay well Well how do I do that? What is what is you know what is this this sleep hygiene um that that some folks are talking about? Well sleep hygiene uh is really about routine. For all the parents out there that are listening to this, well we knew we we or we know as parents that when our kids are little, we try to get them into a routine before they go to bed. So uh we'll put Junior in the bath and then we'll read a book. and then it's bedtime right so we're we're really ratcheting things down and using a routine that the child starts to learn to self soothe that they're nice and relaxed before they go to bed hmm. for some reason when we're adults we do the exact opposite so we start watching our screens we're answering emails we might exercise late or we might eat late and the sleep preparation gets thrown out the window. So the experts on sleep will tell us get regular with your routine. You sleep only when you're sleepy. You uh if you can't sleep um and you're tossing and turning, get up out of bed after 20 minutes, read something boring, maybe have some warm milk if that's your thing or a drink of water, go back to bed. If you can't sleep still, get up repeat the cycle um i think it's uh the, the message about caffeine and and nicotine just avoid it 4 to 6 hours before you go to bed um and i think on that point kevin 
though it should be a topic for another episode perhaps. But uh, when talking about sleep and sleep hygiene, there's one uh, comment we should make about restful sleep as well, because many make a misconception of what they consider as sleep without mm-hmm. kind of diving into the proper stages of sleep. And uh, that might be a, a good podcast episode down the road, don't you think? Yeah, could be, could be. So I think that's one thing that uh, that a lot of people are lacking these days. Absolutely, Stefan. So what else do you have for us, Kevin? Well, the last, the, really the last, uh, the last main point that, that I wanted to bring up today was um, just about, you know, thinking about our purpose or finding purpose uh, or meaning. Uh, and a lot of clients will ask me about that as well is, you know, they'll ask those big questions about, you know, whether it's work or whether it's school, um, where they, they find some usefulness or, or, or find purpose and meaning in. So, so I, and my suggestion is, you know, invest in those relationships, spend quality time with, with people that matter to you, you know, whether that's connecting with the community somehow, volunteering is, is awesome. There's lots of folks or lots of good organizations that need help out there. Care for others, you know, whether that's close to home and or, or, or another one of those good organizations. I think you'll find that it's, it's meaningful, it's challenging and, and provides good service. And I think in terms of, of purpose and meaning, it's it's maybe asking yourself, you know, is the work or the school that I'm doing fulfilling? Am I satisfied maybe with um, the education that I've received thus far? Uh, do I have things like uh, creative outlets in my life? And if I don't, maybe it's time to, to take an inventory of that. Maybe for some people it's developing, you know, more of a spiritual life. and. Um, I guess it's it's also taking an inventory of those things that you really value and and asking yourself what's important in your life and am I living um, am I living out those those values currently? Mm. You think that's a big I guess that'd be a main prospect in uh, what you do with the clients you see is uh, asking those to me they're big questions. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to find a, a reach for them. Absolutely, you know, I do, um, uh, I, I do uh, quite a bit of career counseling as well with people, and mm. you know, the psychotherapy side of that I think is important because going through any kind of big change in a person's life is is stressful. There's tension there. So, what do I do with that, or how how do I go through that process? effectively um you know psychologically physically um all of those things so so that's an area that i have a lot of interest in um and i you know just in the past too working working at uft a lot of the students would would ask those big questions you know about purpose and and meaning and next steps and those sorts of things which is pretty logical i think when you're when you're going to university you 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 probably should think about those those big questions and I, I can speak for myself in my undergrad, but uh, many of us going to university, we didn't really think past that point much either. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a the few of us who had longer term goals orientated to their work and such, but for a lot of us, university was the goal. And it was, uh-oh, <laughs> where do we go now? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The hard work begins after you graduate from university as well. It's finding that uh, that next step that's fulfilling for you, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have anything else you would like to add today, Kevin? Yeah, just 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 to encourage people, you know, get help, uh, get help if you need it. Whether you whether you feel like 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 that's a big issue going on uh, in your life, or whether it's whether you just want to have a discussion with with a professional, is to is to reach out that it's okay um, to do that. Uh, uh, when you speak with somebody, for example, it's always it's always confidential. Uh, but I think at some point during all of our lives, we need that kind of support, you know, whether it's just a conversation or whether it's somebody to to help you with a specific issue or challenge that you're experiencing. Um, you know, don't don't feel like like it's unusual or um, that it's, uh, um, you know, that it's something that other people don't do. Um, reach out if you need it. There are resources that are av available for you. I think it's important to advocate here on, on scholar health that um, no matter what aspect of health you're looking for, whether it's, you know, whether it's through pharmaceutical intervention, physical intervention, the prospect of psychological and cognitive health, mental wellness, we, we live in an area where the client, even if they have no concerns, take advantage of asking for help because there's a lot of lenses out there that can take a, a better look at you. and. You know, the more you ask, the more likely someone may be able to find the problem or prevent a problem from occurring. So I agree with you there. Kevin, where can our audience uh, find you? Well, the best place to probably to probably find me is um, you could certainly you could certainly uh, Google me. Absolutely. Um, best best place is probably through my website, which is at triple uh, dot changeworksinteractive.com and you'll see um uh, you'll see a link on there to connect with me directly um you'll see a contact for for cell uh, as well that's probably the best place to find yeah changeworks interactive i'll note i think they're on some social media platforms as well for anyone uh, yeah. researching it kevin i think you've done some podcast episodes as well in the past uh, is, that have, yeah. is, that, is that also called ChangeWorks Interactive? Yeah, it's called ChangeWorks Interactive, and the podcast specifically is called Changing Gears. It's a um, it's a podcast about uh, folks that have you know, that have made changes in their lives. And um, uh, yeah, check it out. I think you'd enjoy it. I, I I would tell everyone check it out. There's a lot to learn from it, and Kevin is accessible online. That being said, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today on Unscolored Health. Stefan, thank you so much. Um, uh, I hope you have a good day. The sun's shining today, so encourage listeners to, to, to get outside when you can. Get outside, go for a walk or a hike, and listen to the podcast while you're at it. You can also find Kevin uh, through our website, unscholaredhealth.com. We'll have links there for any questions or queries. You can send it our way. With that being said, I'm going to repeat myself, Kevin, once again, thank you. And to our listeners, stay tuned and talk soon. Take care.